Othello is a general in the Venetian army. He's been fighting since, since the age of seven. He's seen a lot of the world. He um, says in the play that uh, a little of this great world can I speak more than pertains to feats of broil and battle. He isn't born into any kind of sense of nobility or money, really. He's very aware of how he appears in front of the Venetians and his appearance is, is very important to him. The fact that he's married um, the only child of a very, very well-to-do senator um, means that he stands to inherit, it seems, quite a, a, a good position. And that's not why he's married her, but that increases his status in Venice. Iago, when we first meet him, is a um, sort of like a staff sergeant in the army who has been hoping for uh, promotion and has been passed over in favour of a younger posher officer called Cassia, meaning that he's left very disgruntled with Othello. They've seen the, the horrors of war together and, and have worked together as a team for quite some time and definitely that Iago is Othello's most trusted confidant. So he not only sees himself slighted by the person he's worked closest with, he also sees someone who hasn't had to work as hard um, as Iago being given everything on a, on a plate. Othello gets to the position of general and as his right-hand man, he has sort of Sandhurst-trained, upper-class, you know, Oxbridge graduate who um, hasn't come through the ranks like Iago has. It, it's a logical decision, really. Um, it's best to have beside you uh, someone who isn't the kind of officer that you are. Othello is a soldier who's started at the bottom just as Iago has, and yet through his um, charisma and his skills and his uh, strength as a soldier has risen to the very top, whereas Iago stalled somewhere around a third up. Othello would never suspect Iago of having any grievance against him because he would have brought it up. It's the kind of atmosphere in which grievances are aired as soon as they're felt. The famous Coleridge quote is motiveless malignancy and this sense of him being the uh, villain of the piece and the archetypal villain. And it's not it's not that easy to, to just to play villainy. You have to think of why um, someone is the way that they are. And the indications you have at the beginning of the play are that he's, he's incredibly frustrated about, about being passed over for promotion and that he thinks Othello has slept with Amelia. I hate the moor. And it is thought abroad that twixt my sheets he's done my office. I know not if it be true, but I, for mere suspicion in that kind, will do as if for surety. I think you know, Shakespeare's using that um, sense of soliciting an audience. And when you know most about and are closest to the worst person on stage, there is a, uh, there is a slight sort of sense of dirtiness uh, that you feel of implication. So that by the time the great tragedy at the end happens, it's all the more overwhelming because you've been powerless to stop it and knew all about it. Othello is uh, undone um, by Iago. 
And Iago can do that because there are areas about Othello that Othello w wasn't aware were um, sensitive and vulnerable and, and weak. And Iago uses that. I guess he's the, um, the agent of destruction. It's his idea to try and bring down Othello and Cassio, against whom he has, um, in his mind, legitimate grievances. And through subterfuge and through insinuation and through getting people on side, he will wreak the most horrendous revenge on Othello. <laughs>